0: Welcome, everyone, to an exciting new episode of Steal My Strategy. For the first time ever, we have a multi guest appearance to deliver an organic, insight driven discussion. Today's episode shakes up the format a bit, but I promise it'll be full of big ideas and even bigger takeaways you can use in your business. First, there's Patrice Kelly, Chief Creative Officer at Snappy Kraken. She's been the strategic driving force behind Snappy Kraken's branding and an award winning designer behind their marketing campaigns. And you may remember our next guest from season one of the show, Andrew Davis. He's a best-selling author and keynote speaker. He's built and sold a digital marketing agency, produced for NBC, and has even worked for the Muppets. Andrew and Patrice will share the spotlight in a conversation about the importance of design and creativity to get the right attention, how being true to yourself leads to greater success, and why design should be part of your story from day one. Without further ado, enjoy the episode. When it comes to your business, if you want to actually see exponential growth year after year, you must be different than your competition and you must shed the fear of standing out because the only way you can increase your awareness, your visibility in the marketplace is to actually take some risks with the way your content looks, feels, and sounds. And that means you've got to stand out. You've got to be different. How does that sit with you, Patrice?
1: I like that. I mean, one of the big things, you know, is how design connects to that feeling and that emotion, right? Like part of standing out, especially as a financial advisor, is that like if everybody's pulling on the same heartstring, well, then you're not going to stand out. And then how are they going to remember you from the other financial advisor person? So, you know, sometimes like taking that risk, it it may not not be about, oh I need to make sure people know about their annuities or their life insurance or whatever, whatever. You want to grab them in where they're at and to pull them out and say, oh man, like I wasn't even thinking about that. Now you've got my attention. Now I want to hear about my life insurance and my retirement and all of that. So you've got to pull them in and that's what design and creativity is going to help you do. Hey, I'm Patrice Kelly. And I'm Andrew Davis. And I want you to Steal My Strategy.
0: You're listening to Steal My Strategy, the show where we talk to smart people who invite you to copy, review, and remix practical ideas you can apply to life and business. Are you ready? Let's get to it.
1: Andrew, man, I'm so glad I get to talk to you today because there is just something that just like, oh, it makes my blood boil, dude. Like I'm working with and for financial advisors, you know, I do creative, I do design, but man, it's like, they just don't get it. Like if they were to use creative in the manner that I'm trying to get them to, they could like, 10x their business. I can't get them to like
0: understand
1: the depth of what creative really provides.
0: I can imagine that sounds unbelievably frustrating. Why is it that they don't understand the power of creative? What are you dealing with?
1: What I think is like, it's like people, they have their one sheets, they have their brand or whatever. And it's just like, they want to put a bunch of words on the page. They want to like write a whole book, that, and then they're like, oh, OK, am send it over to design and, you know, make it look a little bit pretty and then like send it out. And, and I'm just like, well, no, this is not like art. It's not like a piece in a museum where you're going to go by and you're going to. Oh, look, I bet that the person who painted that was thinking about butterflies. Oh, and it makes me feel so squishy inside. It is not something that. You're just going to put up an admire. Like, you are, the designer is looking at that stuff. They are thinking about how people are going to interact with it. They're thinking about how people are going to like the colors, how the emotions are going to come through. It's all of that. But it's just seen as, like, this polish. Like, it's like the top gloss coat you put on the table after you pay. That's not what we're doing here.
0: But why do they think that? Like, why do they think it's just put some splash of color and make the headlines bigger and make the logo bigger, which is I'm sure they always ask for, and then send it out the door. Like, why is it the last thing they think of? What's really behind that?
1: Well, first of all, let me just say, make your logo bigger. I can't tell you how many times I've heard that. <laughs> oh my gosh. But, you know, I, I think it's because they feel like the words are more important than the visuals. So it's like, I think it's like they get caught up with how much they want and need to say, which is valid, right? Like you have a lot to say, you have very important information to pass on. But I think that what they get caught up in is not understanding how people consume that information is just as big of a issue as what they are actually
0: consuming. So true. I don't know. Okay, let me ask, what have you tried in the past? So you're, let's say you're sitting in front of an advisor, They're like, uh, I don't really want to invest in design. Like, our website's fine. It's, you know, it's blue with, and it's got white on it, and there's some gold. And, you know, there's like some generic. uh, And there's
1: a lighthouse. There has to be a a lighthouse. Right. There's a (laughs)
0: lighthouse, obviously, because we are, you can trust us to guide you into the future, (laughs) like a beam of light. I get it. Or some, maybe there's like an anchor. Like, I I don't, who who knows? They like nautical themes, I think, and eagles. Okay. There's like some generic stuff. And you're like, Hey, look, I really think we should address, you know, your brand, your color choices. I really think we should talk about redesigning your website. What have you tried to convince them to invest in that so far? Like, are there three arguments you've tried or something? Like, tell me what you've tried in the past that hasn't worked.
1: So I think that what hasn't worked is, is pretty much like going in there and trying to tell them how they need to be different. It's like, they don't feel like they need to be different because I think in, there's like a stigma in the industry that like that doesn't work. Like, oh, like I'm afraid to stand out too much because the, the mm-hmm. people that I'm trying to attract are not going to like that. Yeah. So trying to hit them on that level of why, like in other industries, it's understood that you should be different. being different, I think is more you know like okay maybe <laughs> maybe <laughs> yeah but you know i would try that and then if they see someone that is successful that well they don't do that well
0: okay. and what
1: is success right because the angle i come from is if you don't use design strategically right It doesn't mean that you won't sell anything or you won't be successful. It just means you won't be as successful as you could be. So there's a lot of tangibles, intangibles with design. I think that it gets a little frustrating because I can't, it's not numbers, right? Like I can't say this will do this based on that. So I think it's hard to sometimes approach them in that angle where they're looking for a different kind of, value and return yeah. in what I can show.
0: Well, so we've got two things you've tried so far. Is there a third? They're afraid to stand out. They're essentially trying to emulate the success of others because they've seen somebody else and they want to kind of look and feel and sound like them. Mm-hmm. Is there a third one?
1: Oh, let me see. Is there a third one? I know there is.
0: Well, okay. Let's address the first two. Okay. And think through how we could help financial advisors understand the power of this. All right. Let's do this. Like, I think well, I know you know this, but maybe they don't understand that like great marketing is risky marketing. Like, right as we we're recording this, the Super Bowl is coming up. I don't know when this is going to be out, but you know, it's essentially just a few days before the Super Bowl as we record this this podcast. And we know that the Super Bowl, yes, is about the game, but it's also about the ads. And people are spending seven million dollars for a thirty-minute spot on the Super Bowl, and all they need to do is be different, be risky to stand out. So everybody talks about it for the next week, right? Or maybe even the next 10 years. And they say, remember that Super Bowl commercial from 2023, right. that was amazing, right? That's what they're buying. They want to buy that one piece of standing out. And it takes a lot of guts to do something crazy. Like, do you get, I don't know if you remember the E-Trade commercial from probably 10 years ago, where I thought it was just genius. Uh, by the way, it's financially relevant. It was E-Trade. And it was basically two guys like playing a banjo in a garage like a kid dancing with a, or a donkey or an emu or something <laughs> dancing with a E-Trade shirt on. The whole commercial was just that. And then the, the tagline in like the last three seconds was we just wasted $7 million. What are you doing with your money? Um, that's risky, right? Like they're a fiduciary, right? They're like <laughs> They're inviting people to put their money with them and they're showing you how they waste their $7 million for 30 seconds. <laughs> Good marketing is risky marketing. And so, yeah, you've got to get over your fear Of standing out if you're going to be successful in the marketplace here's what i would tell any financial advisor listening right now you know that in the marketplace you've got to take some big risks to make bigger money and yes i know that you you probably preach balanced portfolios and you know like we all know Mm -hmm. that you can have slow and consistent growth over time but when it comes to your business if you want to actually see exponential growth year after year You must be different than your competition and you must shed the fear of standing out because the only way you can increase your awareness, your visibility in the marketplace is to actually take some risks with the way your content looks, feels, and sounds. And that means you've got to stand out. You've got to be different. How does that sit with you, Patrice?
1: I like that. I mean, one of the big things, you know, is how design connects to that feeling and that emotion. Right. Like part of standing out, especially as a financial advisor, is that like if everybody's pulling on the same heartstring, well, then you're not going to stand out. And then how are they going to remember you from the other financial advisor person? So, you know, sometimes like taking that risk, it it may not be about, oh, I need to make sure people know about their annuities or their life insurance or whatever, whatever. You want to grab them in where they're at and to pull them out and say, oh man, like I wasn't even thinking about that. Now you've got my attention. Now I want to hear about my life insurance and my retirement and all of that. So you've got to pull them in and that's what
0: design and creativity is going to help you do. 100%. Yeah, you've got to be willing to take the risk that if you look and sound different, people will pay attention more than they will to everybody else. It leads to the second problem that I think advisors probably face. It's they see other successful advisors building multi billion dollar assets under management in their firms, and they want to emulate that success. Maybe they were even a financial advisor at a firm left that firm and they've opened their own individual advisory. That's awesome. Like, great, right? But your first inclination is to say, oh, I want to look like this successful advisory. I want to look like that successful advisory. And one of the things I see in industry after industry, so Patrice, it's not just financial advisors, just so you know, but (laughs) I I call it twinning, right? You know, you know, the idea of twinning where people accidentally, you know, look like they're like wearing the same shirt and the same pants. Totally. By chance? Well, here's the thing. I went and did a bunch of research into the twinning, and it turns out that couples who have been together just a minimum of six months will inadvertently start dressing alike, okay? It's not planned, they, just, and it's because that makes you feel comfortable. It may, It's just a level of comfort where, oh, I belong with this person, and you subconsciously start acting that way. The same thing happens in the workplace. And I'm sure, you know, when we used to go to an office all the time, the more you were around people that dressed a certain way, the more likely it was you were gonna dress like them. And the more likely it would be that you would be twinning, right? This is exactly what happens with marketing. We look at the industry because we're in it every single day and we think, oh, we need to look like this. Maybe it's not even conscious, right? I don't think financial advisors are necessarily sitting down and saying, let's put a lighthouse in our logo, just like everybody else. I think they just subconsciously think, oh, lighthouses, yeah, that does, that. they're tr- strong and they, they're they guiding and you know, even through dark times, they're there. I get it. The metaphor works, and the next thing you know, there's a million lighthouse logos. The only way to fix twinning, to be totally honest, is to look outside the industry and stop emulating people inside the industry. And this can help a lot of people, uh, like reduce the risk. So, like Snappy Kraken is a great example, actually, because it doesn't feel like a brand that should be helping financial advisors. Like it should be called Lead Advisor Software or something, right? Like I don't know. I don't know what you'd call it, but it'd be boring. You know, it would look like every other financial services brand that helps financial advisors. And, you know, it'd have boring brand colors and it wouldn't have a voice and it would sound responsible and smart, right? Very buttoned up. (laughs) Yeah, Very buttoned up. It would be wearing a a three-piece suit every day to (laughs) work. That is lame, right? And that is not going to stand out. But Snappy Kraken look to me, this is my outside perception, looks and feels like a consumer brand I could fall in love with. And when I'm a financial advisor getting bombarded with all sorts of other messaging about potential platforms or software I could invest in for my business or even marketing tools and, and teams I could use, all of a sudden Snappy Kraken stands out because it feels different. It feels like something I'm more used to. So instead of encouraging advisors or you know trying to push them into, hey, let's invest in creative, Maybe inviting them to demonstrate brands outside of financial services, you know, that have the same values or or appeal to the audience they're targeting might help. I don't know if that's something you've tried or talked about, but it can maybe it makes a difference.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think it is definitely something that I've tried and sometimes it does work, sometimes it doesn't, but there's a layer of like trust. You have to have a trust in your designer to be able to take you to scary lands and beyond. Because with that trust comes the the knowledge that, okay, like it may be something that I'm a little uncomfortable with, but this person, you know, is is knowledgeable about it, expert about it, they'll help me. Like there's a level of being authentic that I think is, is real. I know authentic is a very widely overused word, right? But it's just like, the one of the things about snappy cracking is, we chose to be who we are. And then when you choose to be who you are, people will come. Right. So it's, it's one of the things that that I try to do. I try to tell everybody is to just like you said, look outside of the industry for things that you like. What do you like outside of the industry? And then what I try to do is then I try to take that thing and I like wrap it in the safety of the industry. So it's like, mm. you start with a really, really huge idea. And then you start kind of like, it down into something that will still feel like relatable to the people inside the industry. But you started so big, that it's still going to be different.
0: Totally. That's a great strategy. I like the idea that you can kind of encourage them to tone it down a little bit. But I still think the maybe the opportunity is audience first instead of advisor first. Because let's be totally honest, just between you and me, my experience with financial advisors is maybe they are being authentically themselves, but they still are very similar. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't think they're acting, you know, so I don't, I'm not saying that at all. It's just, if I walk into a room with 300 financial advisors, I know what to expect. Yeah. You know, so I think just inviting them to be their authentic selves kind of infers that they're not being authentic already. Mm -hmm. So maybe it's a little off-putting. It's like, well, this is who I am. Like, it's, look, my name's on the door. It says like Davis and Jones Financial, you know, or like Davis and Kelly, like, this is my partner, Patrice. She's awesome. You know, so I think that is them. So I know you want them to be authentic, but maybe we need to just adjust it so that they're authentic to the audience and customers and clients they serve. And so maybe we can take an audience first approach. Like maybe they're just not willing to take the leap or be risky because they don't understand what the audience already resonates with. So let's say you're a financial advisor who works with high net worth individuals. And your hope is that you can keep that next generation going. And so you need to start doing some wealth education for their kids. Let's just imagine for a minute that you ask your client base, which is, let's just say they're 76 years old on average, You know, they have uh, $25 million under your management on average. And you ask them, hey, what are your favorite brands? What magazines do you read? What television shows are your favorite? You know, when you listen to the radio, what are your favorite radio programs? If you make a list of those brands that, that we know those clients already love, that's going to show you one kind of brand. And I bet it's closer to the lighthouse brand, right? Like, I don't know, maybe they're going to say National Geographic. I don't know what, right? (laughs) I'm not 76 years old, but you know, they're going to use terms like television and radio uh, and magazine, right? But if you talk to their grandchildren and their children, you're going to get a whole new perspective. Some of their children are going to be in their thirties and forties. And you're going to ask them, what brands do you like? They might have like big nostalgia for the eighties. So if you're going to rebrand your firm at that point, who do you want your brand to stand out with? Do you want your brand to feel like their parents' brand or do you want it to feel more like the new generation's brand? Do you want it to feel like Stranger Things or do you want to feel it like a, a David Attenborough, you know, BBC documentary about animals, you know? <laughs> Maybe we can get them to see that, you know what? Your audience would love a Stranger Things brand and we can bring your the new generation in with a new brand and a refresh and a feeling that's a little bit more risky, but we know the audience will love and see as different from all the other financial advisors that are attacking that wealth because they know the next generation is going to get it and they're going to be after that client. How does that sit?
1: Yeah, you know, I think one of the things with that though is sometimes i think we encounter the problem of trying to market to too many people just like you said, like like it'll be yes but i want to market to the parent and the kids <laughs> so but that you can't so you then they get mixed up and i think that's one of the ways in which again like yes. design can help <laughs>
0: oh. design can help yes. this is right here's the problem it all comes back to our first point like Great marketing is risky marketing, and the brands that are going to stand out are the brands that stop compromising and think they can water down their brand and their identity and their creative and their their language and their design to the point at which it's for everyone. The truth is, if you think you, what you're creating is for everyone, it's actually for no one. It will not work for anyone. Amen. Can I get another amen? I like amen. that. Amen. <laughs> amen. <laughs> So we've got to help people really embrace the idea that you're not going to turn off the people who weren't for you anyway. Anyway. Thank you. Especially if you start with audience first, right? Patrice, if you talk if you start with the customers and clients you've got, and your goal is to get more of those exact customers and clients, if you speak to them in the way they want to be spoken to, if they feel like they can trust you, if you elicit an emotional feeling from them because it feels and looks and reads a certain way. That's when you're going to build a deep and loyal relationship with those clients. And those are going to give you referral after referral after referral. Right. They're going to say, all those 40-year-olds, they're going to say, oh, you could go with stodgy, boring, you know, Davis and Kelly, or you could go with Stranger Things. This is like the most amazing financial advisory firm ever. You got to check them out. Right. That's going to stand out. I can give an example of Ling's cars. I know we've talked about that in the past. Maybe. So if you're listening to this right now and you're not driving or you're sitting at your computer and you're watching this on YouTube, check out LingsCars.com, okay? Ling is an entrepreneur from the UK. Just a few years ago, she was leasing more vehicles in the United Kingdom than anyone else, all right? She was doing, I think, $100,000 a day in leases. And if you go to LingsCars.com, I guarantee your first (laughs) reaction is like, what the oh my, I don't even, huh? Like, you will be blown away, right, right, Patrice? Oh my God. What was your God, reaction yes. when you saw it?
1: Yes, like, and, and I think it's, that's one of the things too, is like when people think about design, like, no, that's not something I would do or, you know, whatever, but it's not about that, right? Like, and this is what I go back to when I say about being authentic and maybe that's not the right word, but it's being who you are, right? Like, she was unafraid to be exactly who she is. That's what real like branding and the real purpose of creative and design actually is. And you can see from that right there that if people, you know, like you can recognize when you're talking to somebody and they're not being real with you, right? Like you can recognize. That's true. So if you come across a brand, which is trying to be like, if you want to like own the lighthouse, own that, but a designer can also help you to, pivot in a way it's like, okay, maybe we shouldn't actually use an actual lighthouse. We do want to be a little different. The points you're trying to bring across in your brand are still relevant, but let's just do it in a way where we make sure that someone recognizes you amongst all the other things.
0: That's the key. That is the key. You've got to be willing to risk being uncomfortable with sharing that authentic vision, right? Like that's the key. The more risky you are, the better it will work if you're not turning away some people, uh, you're certainly not attracting other people, right? And it's okay to not be for everyone. And I'm sure if you look at your client base and you're like, hey, look, I wanna attract more of this specific kind of client and you build around that, like with an authentic view as to what they wanna see and feel and be a part of, you're gonna be much more successful. And Ling's Cars goes to the extreme. Like if you imagine for a second, Searching for a car lease, right? You go to like Tesla's website, you go to a local car dealer's website, you go to a Ford website. If you go to all those websites, they all look and feel the same, right? A hundred percent of them. Oh my gosh! And like after a while, your eyes are blurry. You're like, where did I get the good deal? Was it on the Hyundai site or was it the Ford? I can't even remember, right? But I guarantee, if you go to Ling's Cars, it's like a switch goes off in your brain. And they're like, have you ever played um, Where's Waldo, Patrice? Yes. Okay. Where's Waldo is like is the perfect demonstration of what actually happens when a consumer is searching for an advisor. What happens is you look at all of these potential, you know, firms to work with, let's say maybe it's only 5 or 6, mm-hmm. but they all blend in together like a big Where's Waldo drawing. Like you just see a mass of the same stuff, right? What happens when you get to ling's cars is it it jerks you out of what you were doing and it forces your brain to think like you have to really think and figure because there's no normal nav bar there's a karaoke machine there's a live camera there's like a counter i'm looking at it right now there's a lot of gifts and and there's like animated gifts there's a <laughs> it's craziness. It's insane. It looks like a website that came out of like 1984. Like it's just, it's insane. And so your brain is forced to think. And that's all we need to do as advisors is we need to get our audience to take a second and go, oh my gosh, this looks and feels different. I am going to read this paragraph because if you've ever searched financial advisor websites, it's just like scroll. Like I know what you're gonna say. You've been in business for this long. You can trust us with your money. Here's a story about someone who you know trusted us with their money, and they're so much happier and calmer these days. Yeah, it's you just
1: wrote their whole ad, Andrew.
0: I just yeah, it's done, right? But if you switch it up and you truly understand how design and creative can completely shape the mind of the person that's arriving at your website or reading your brochure or even opening your email, you will transform your business. People will immediately change the way they feel about you and your brand. Well, let's take a pause. Has this been at all helpful?
1: I think it is really good to
0: kind of like talk
1: through things like this and just see, okay, like I know the concepts I'm trying to get forth are the right ones, but maybe just like shaping them talking about them a bit differently I love the where's Waldo concept because that is very easy like you know is as soon as you said that I'm just like yeah because you start looking through the where's Waldo and you start thinking you see him yeah right and it's like nah, that's not him and you just (laughs) you keep going and you keep going and it's just like but that Ling's cars example like even like you don't have to like for for all the advisors listen like you don't have to be that extreme right like you know that crazy
0: no, that's right. That is too crazy. I but, agree. But
1: we're not saying that. We're just saying, but that concept there of it is so outside of anything that anybody else is doing. You have no choice but, to, like, I as a designer, I was just like, I'm just going <laughs> through this because I, I'm just, I can't right now. <laughs> like, but that's the thing. It made me stop. And look, yes. and if you're, she's being true to herself, so that's good for her. So whatever is your truth, right? Like that's good for you and you're buying
0: it. That's right. And, she, and just so you know, Ling didn't stop with the website. Like she had a facility that's on like the highway just outside of her town in, in the UK. Yeah. And she bought like a, basically like a missile launcher. I mean, a huge... And she put it on the side of the highway with a sign that said, for sale, lingscars.com. And like, people were like, Are you, you can buy a missile launcher at lingscars.com? And then people got there, you know, so like it caused a big stir. It was all in the newspapers. They're like, Why is there like a giant missile launcher (laughs) on the highway now that's for sale? Is it real? Is it not real? Oh my God. At the end of the day, she understood that she had to be risky to make her business work. And those big risks, You know, paid off like for her. She understood that emulating the success of other car leasers was never going to make her a successful business. Sure, she might slowly grow her business, and eventually she'd get you know fifty thousand dollars a month. And ten years later, it might be seventy five thousand. She could have a fine business by just emulating success, but that was not going to actually grow a real business and a real brand. And she knew that if she understood what her audience was going through when they're looking for a lease, that if she could just stand out and be different and force them to all of a sudden think and look and lean in, she would have an opportunity to sell them a lease. Mm. And that's what made her unbelievably successful. Um, She ended up selling the business by the way for lots and lots of money. So she's not there anymore, but they've kept the brand like the Lings Cars brand Mm. is such a strong brand because of those three things. They
1: didn't even change it, right? Like it's, that's how no. powerful it is. Right?
0: That's how powerful it is. That is exactly right. Like if yeah, it, people know that if you're looking for a lease, go to linkscars.com. So, I think at the end of the day, uh, let's just for me, get to brass tacks. I think most financial advisors and most business people are motivated by money. And if you want to make more money, you've got to get your design and creative team involved in the entire process so that the risks feel smaller along the way. You're starting with the idea that is a little risky. And by the time you see it, it doesn't seem risky because you've been walking through all the steps on how you got there. Uh, it just feels authentic, it feels different. It's motivated by the audience's motivations, needs and feels, feelings, and it'll work. I think at the end of the day, that will grow your business alone.
1: Yes, I believe that wholeheartedly. And I, I, the way I see it is the absence of strategically led design doesn't mean you won't sell anything. It just means you won't
0: sell nearly as much. That's exactly right. <laughs> That's exactly right you should get your creative team involved early, like right now. Like stop listening to the podcast because there's nothing more important after this except for, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Stop listening and just like shoot an email to whoever your creative partner is and say, look, we need to chat. I want to take some risks. Yep. That'll work.